0: want to break free.
1: Soft Shalom. Not really coming in with the same fire and passion I usually come with. The future just it doesn't feel good for the jackets. I I don't don't know. It just you're doing a whole like turnaround. It's officially time to like go into a rebuild and it just kind of stings a little bit, you know, just because it felt like for the first time You were right there. That's just my initial thoughts on like going into a rebuild. Like, man, we really did get to the second round, (laughs) man. We really did have like a pretty good team there. We, we only got outscored in the bubble to Tampa Bay by like three to four goals. Like total. Like we were like, we, you look back at that series in the bubble and the jackets were the closest with them in terms of like total goals. And you're like, wow, we were right there with the guys that ended up winning the Stanley cup. And, then here you are, like a uh, fifty-six game season later, and it's just it's it's full. It's basically like full rebuild. I mean, you got a couple pieces, but what's coming out of Twitter today and postseason interviews and is that like a lot of the guys that you could count on aren't gonna be there? It basically sounds like it. We'll get into all that. I guess, like, we'll just go straight into Torts because that's the big headline. That's the biggest piece that you're losing is your head coach. And, you know, Torts was the best. He was the best. I, some people really I, – I also, before we get into Torts, I need to talk about how Tommy and I had a good laugh. You guys on Twitter, all the people that were calling for Torts to be fired – Good on you for just absolutely just clapping him up and just loving on him and just giving him every ounce of praise you could at the end. I, I get I get it. I get it, though. Like, it was the end of his time, I guess. But, I mean, I just don't want any of you guys taking credit for, like, this decision. Like, you guys feel so good about it, but whatever. I don't know. Maybe I'm just salty. I, I like Torts, man. He was the best. He was the longest tenured coach in Blue Jackets history the winningest coach in Blue Jackets history. He won the Jack Adams in 2017. You know, years and years down the road when the Jackets hopefully have a trophy case and have established like a winning tradition and maybe have like a little bit bigger of a loyal, hardcore fan base. People are are growing up and watching their parents be Blue Jackets fans and, and they're not going to, Tampa to root for a hockey team. I've seen so many freaking Tampa shirts around. It's so, it just, every time a team wins a Stanley cup, it's just, you see those shirts around town and it just makes you sick. And you're like, they're like, oh yeah, I'm from Dayton. I've been a Tampa fan my whole life. You're like, oh yeah, yeah, right, buddy. Anyway, but hopefully down the road, when the Blue Jackets have established a fan base that, You know, is loyal like the Browns. I think the Browns have the most loyal and passionate professional sports fan base in Ohio. Not to throw shots at any other team. That's just a fact with the Browns. Like they are like unbelievably passionate about their team, unbelievably loyal. And there's a tradition there. Despite the fact that they have not won crap, I hope that for the Jackets one day. But hopefully, you know, you do fill up a trophy case down the road. But years down the road, let's say you got a couple jerseys in the rafters. Hopefully, seventy seventy ones in the rafters one day. Nick Foligno's jersey, he could come back. By the way, that would be that would be like the ultimate save summer of twenty twenty one. Like for me as a Jackets fan, is if Nick Foligno's like I'm back. If Nick Foligno comes back, that would be electric. I'd be all all on board on that. Obviously, give him the C back and whatnot. Um, but you know, when I'm a when I'm a dad or a grandpa, when I when I'm retired one day, and you know, years and years have gone by, and I'm hopefully living somewhere warm. Uh, that's the I'm that guy too. By the way, like I definitely want to live somewhere warm. I'm trying to get Mackenzie on that train. Like, hey, like listen, like Florida, like. Everybody's saying it's a good tax move, you know. <laughs> She's a she. She wants to live up north, though. She wants to live like in Michigan. I'm like, you want to go where it's like colder? Michigan's cool though, but I'm for sure gonna be that guy that is gonna want to retire somewhere. Probably not here. I'll for of of course always fly back here. Be that guy that flies back here and goes to games and stuff. But um, hopefully, at that point, when you are looking at the history of the jackets, you're not gonna be able to tell the story of the Blue Jackets without John Tortorella and bringing up the, what he did to actually make this team a competitive team, a team that fans can be proud of a team that, you know, isn't getting ridiculed by Ohio state football fans all the time, or, you know, I mean, that's none of the other really sports fans and, Ohio can really talk crap on the Jackets other than Ohio State football. Let's be honest, Ohio State football team is the most successful team in Ohio. And obviously it seems like even though a lot of, there's a lot of crossover blue jacket, a lot of blue jackets fans are obviously Buckeye fans and Buckeye fans are obviously blue jackets fans, but it just seemed like Columbus really was the little brother and wasn't even taken seriously in the Ohio sports field. And then all of a sudden, like, John Tortorella brings him to a couple playoff appearances, four straight playoff appearances, and everybody's talking about the Jackets in April and May. Like that's that's electric. Like we got that for four straight years, man. That was awesome. The Schwide was bumping. I went to like four playoff games at the Schwide. It was buzzing over there, man. I I I feel bad if you somehow didn't, by the way. When your team plays a playoff game, like it doesn't matter how much tickets cost. Go to at least one home game. It's so worth it. It's so worth it and it gives you. it actually does give you a lot of peace when it's all said and done. Looking back on a run like four straight postseasons and people are like, well, you didn't accomplish anything. You were first round, second round exits. And you like look back and you're like, yeah, but it was fun. I mean, <laughs> I went to some pretty electric hockey games. I, I got free T-shirts. That's what that's really what John Tortorella did is he put clothes on our back. John see see here's the thing we go so long without doing a hockey dudes podcast and I'm like you know what when we come back into it I'm going to take it like seriously like I'm going to put like real titles at at the header of the the title episodes you know just so my bosses at the fan probably look at what he's doing and be like you know what we could maybe use that one day like we we could maybe put that on our platform for once that's all I that's all I really want I just want the fan to just be like hey we're going to pump this out, man. This guy's doing some good stuff, but no, they just, they can, I'm still in the minors. I'm still very much in the minors here in the WBNS farm system here. Uh, and I'm trying, I'm trying, but see, that's the thing though. Like, I'm like, I'm going to put this in the title, regular season wrap up. I might even put the number of the episode. Cause that's a really popular thing people do with podcasts. But then I start talking and I just think of like, John Torella put clothes on our backs. He put clothes on our backs. I have four to five free T-shirts because of John Torella. I can't, I really honestly, what other coach in Ohio sports history has done that? You tell me. Coach, like the coach, not not LeBron James. LeBron James put jerseys on people's backs put shirts on people's backs. Not not the coach, not the coach. But yeah, no. I mean, I just you look back on it and it was it was a fun time, man, and it was really kind of awkward I think the last couple games because it was so obvious that he was going to be done, but you just kind of like you just kind of had to sit there and watch the post game and watch him get up there on the Zoom, and you're just wondering, like, is he going to say anything? And, like, obviously he was going to get hounded with questions about talking about his time with the Blue Jackets, talk about, you know, his future and his contract situation. And he just brushed it all aside. Big of him, man. Big of I loved it. I was watching it with McKenzie, and she's like, why isn't he, like, addressing the fact that, like, he probably won't be coach? And I'm like, you know why, McKenzie? Because he doesn't want to be the headline. And that's just the kind of guy he was never wanted to be the headline. He just wanted people to talk about his hockey team. Unless you talked about his hockey team. Then he didn't want you to talk about his hockey team. And he, I mean like that's the other thing with Torts is you just got endless amounts of bits and sound bites from him that are just so funny. They're just so funny and low key. They are a little disrespectful to to the journalists that work very, very hard and, I've sat in the press room and I've watched Porty and Allison Lucan give like questions and Mark Sheik. I've watched Jeff Shibota. I've watched them all ask questions, but I just, they just get absolutely dummied when they go in that room. It's just an absolute boxing match afterwards. It just gave that little piece of entertainment. It was just that little dessert At the end of the night, that was just like, yes. It was the frosty that you get in the Wendy's four for four. Like, yes, you just absolutely just dominated your sandwich. Maybe I usually get the junior bacon. You dummied your fries, maybe dipped them in some sauce some sauce, spicy chicken nuggets downed, and then you like look down, you're like, Frosty. That was that's what Torts is post-game interviews was, is they were just they were just that cherry on top, man. And it was always so entertaining and like low key, it was maybe a little embarrassing. Like, yeah, that's our coach, and he's like, you know, dropping the F bomb, but like, he was passionate. <laughs> you can't you can't you can't say he wasn't passionate about being a head coach, you know? So yeah, I mean, like those and you know, credit credit to all those journalists, man. They have some thick skin. Credit all of them. They got some thick skin because they really took some heat. Sometimes, but and I and I actually had some chances to ask towards questions. Like I sat in the same seats that all those guys sit in. Jacob Myers, who covered jackets too, like I I and I saw. I mean, Jacob Myers is kind of like, you know, not my age, but he's just like a a dude that like you know we'd be friends if if. And I saw him ask questions. I'm like, maybe maybe he is a little bit lighter on like just some of the younger guys, but. I I still was never like, I don't, I know if I started talking when they gave me the mic and I just was watching Torts look in my eyes, I would just shrivel up and die. And then I would absolutely get just, I would just get taken to the gallows. So yeah, good thing I didn't do that. Big of me, didn't want the spotlight on me. Um, But yeah, man, just Torts' history here. I don't know I don't know how retiring coaches work. I honestly like there are some figures in Blue Jackets history that you'd think by now like would get their names posted somewhere up in the schwide. The fact that Rick Nash hasn't gotten a banner like kind of leads me to believe that this this club might wait a, like a while for to put like to retire a jersey or to put a plaque of a coach somewhere. But I think Tortorello absolutely would deserve it. I don't think anybody would be upset. I think a lot of Blue Jackets fans, the best memory like the the, the 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 there's basically two different Blue Jackets. The, John Torterell invented the coats. That's the thing. It's like people like there's two Columbus Blue Jacket hockey teams in my head. There's the Blue Jackets that absolutely stunk. And there's the then there's the Coats. And the Coats were the team that you thought you were playing the Blue Jackets, and then you got the coats. They were nitty. They were gritty. They gave you a hard freaking time every night. They played the right way. that You could tell that the product that you saw on the ice was a direct impact from what John Tortorella was offering. Because remember, John Tortorella in that first season as head coach, he took over an 0-8 hockey team that Todd Richards had gifted us. 0-8! and 8 And then next year, he brought them to the Stanley Cup playoffs where we got we did get gentlemen sweeped by the penguins that was tough but we did win that one game and Tommy and I were there and we were buzzing <sighs> and we were down 3 out and we won that one game that was pretty sick um but yeah i i'm going to i'm going to love that guy torts he's a dude he's a dude i don't know if he wants to, i honestly he's done a good job putting up a screen as to whether he's going to continue to coach whether he's going to look for jobs or hear job offers at. I honestly I honestly can't get a read on him I know Buffalo is going to have an open Buffalo is going to have an open position he's from upstate New York so like I really could see him going to Buffalo the the expectations have got to be lower than dirt there like they just got all those players and they didn't do jack squat with them this year so I could see him going to coach Buffalo and being like, you know what, right? why not? I'll make, I'll make another mil and a half to coach the Sabres. That would, that would actually for the first time add something to the rivalry that NBC created between the, to the Kraft Mac and cheese bowl. That's what I call the rivalry between the blue jackets and the Sabres because of that preseason game we played in the Kraft Mac and cheese bowl. So yeah, actually I'm for towards going to Buffalo. Why not? I like I I've always been a hockey fan, but I think I didn't appreciate Torts until he got to Columbus. Like I knew what Torts was and I just kinda thought he was a a, a dirtbag, honestly, because he was just like m- mean. But I mean, he was still mean in Columbus, not as mean, but like he was just this mean guy that just wasn't that good of a coach. He got he won one year, but then he just like wasn't that good. Like he didn't have a lot of respect amongst his players from what it's I mean, just, just what you guessed because he was there for so—he was He was with the Rangers for so little. He was with the Canucks for so little. You just kind of assume like, oh, this guy just must be just some guy that just comes in, tries to be all fired up and it just doesn't work. And the team stinks and he's rude to Gets in fights with reporters, like he must not be that cool of a guy, you know. But I now that I have an appreciation for him and that he's grown older and wiser, somebody needs to post that picture, by the way, like a torts after coaching the jackets picture versus torts before, like you know what they did with like presidents, like before and after their terms, like that would be that's a good picture right there. So, boom, before I get to it. I just gifted you that. I'm going to give somebody a chance to tweet that. Please tag me on it because I just want to see it. Or DM it to me, at the Hockey Dudes, by the way. And on Twitter, me, at HaydenH971. Okay, but the future. I mean, we're still going to continue to root for this Jackets team. And I know I I came in and said I'm not really looking forward to the rebuild. Who really does look forward to a rebuild? You know, I'm I'm going to spin zone it and say, We got a lot of young talent, and I like this team right now. We got so many guys, um, in there that could could be good. (laughs) Not, we don't have a lot of good players, but we have guys that could be good. So it's kind of like placing some wages in your head, like which one of these guys is going to come out on top, you know, and be like really sweet for us. And the big question we have to ask right now is, who's going to coach those guys? And Yarmo kind of. Start talking about the timeline for it. I guess I'll just play his audio when when asked, "What's the timeline for getting a
2: coach?" I think we're going to take our time. You know, the league's still playing. There's still some regular season games left, and and uh, other organizations are going to make their decisions at the end of regu- regular season, maybe even uh, after first round of playoffs, and and we're going to make sure that we uh, do our due diligence with all the, all the candidates that um, we think are worthy of consideration and, and could be a good fit with us so um, we're not in a hurry we got some ideas already and and uh, people we were going to consider but but uh, we're going to take our time
1: and i'll just read through some of the names i mean we got gerard Gallant. he can make a comeback he's coached here before that would be interesting the jackets were I guess, like a little frisky when he was here. They, but the, again, they weren't much, and he was only here for a couple seasons. But then he got hired by Vegas as Vegas's first-time head coach. And in his first two years, he was 118, 75, and 20, and he won the Jack Adams. And I think a lot of people are like, Well, look look what Vegas had back then like look they got so lucky out of the expansion draft like yes They did but don't get the team that is Vegas right now confused with the team that Gerard Gallant coached When he first took over as when he was first when he was the first Vegas head coach in the history of the Vegas Golden Knights like he they didn't have Petrangelo. They didn't have Mark Stone They didn't have Martinez like there's so many guys that they didn't patch like a lot of guys in that room that they didn't have and you know you look back at that team and he took them to the Stanley Cup finals. I'd take him I'd be happy with that hire. I think he's a players coach too. That is a very popular trend nowadays in the NHL is. You take a a, a you you kind of switch. There's basically it's a yin and a yang. There's two there's two sides. There's there's a light side. There's a good cop and a bad cop coach. And Torts was kind of the bad cop kind of guy, like kind of guy that kicks you in the butt and gets you going. And you don't really love to play it for him, but you know he's good for you. And and he gets the best out of you because he forces it out of you. And then you got the good cop coach, that he is just there to be. Whatever the players need him to be if they need him to be a motivator yeah, yeah Yeah, he'll be a motivator if they need him to be a strategist. He'll be a strategist He's not going to impose his way of hockey onto the players He's gonna let the players play the way that they want to play and That's literally what every team does. It's literally just a back and forth like you fire one guy You hire another dude that is the complete opposite every team has done it this year the the Toronto most notably just did that firing Babcock last year and hiring Sheldon Keefe. Keefe. There's a reason why you probably don't know who that guy is because he just, he just sits behind and just, he lets the players play and he lets the game breathe. And I think, I think some blue jackets fans are looking forward to seeing what that possibly might be like, especially with such a young roster. Like it might not be so good to force them to play a certain style. Whereas let, the individual come out in the hockey player, and you know there is some some of Yarmo Kekalining like res- responding to that, and I'll play that sound. Um, this is Yarmo talking about how bringing in a coach like that um, might lead to a better offensive team next year, and I, I get, I think that's exactly what Jackets fans want, and we'll talk about the future of these two guys, but, but the Blue Jackets have. Notoriously had pretty good defense and have they have good goalies too between Elvis and Corpasalo. Like the Blue Jackets have a, a really good the low a lot of unders. Let's just say that the Blue Jackets play in games that are they, a lot of unders. For notoriously the Blue Jackets have had trouble scoring, and I really really am looking forward to see how they address that. Here's Yarmo talking about how he thinks they are going to be a better offensive team next season.
2: I think we got some, some proven goal scorers here that, that uh, maybe have underachieved this year. I think they're going to bounce back. This is such a weird year that I don't want to get into uh, overanalyzing it or over-evaluating it because it has been a strange year. And I think every every single person that has been in our bubble here has struggled one way or another through, through these four months here. And um, the way the team was going at the end certainly didn't help that, but... But uh, we have some players with proven history that that can score goals. We've always been a disciplined team defensively. We weren't that this year. So we're going to get back to basics and get back to playing the right way.
1: Yeah, just a full-time reset. You know, just throw this season in the trash. Just toss it away, like pretend like it didn't even happen. And I think this is actually like if you were to do a rebuild. I'm sitting here complaining because the Blue Jackets are about to do a rebuild. But to be completely honest, if there was a time to do a rebuild it is during a it is a coming out of a global pandemic right like we're, it's time for the roaring 20s <laughs> like now it's time to roar you know what i mean like the 20s off to a cold start but guess what you you start slow finish strong and it's just it's just perfect because the jackets you know jackets fans will remember hopefully we remember 2020 as just a sucky like I hope that when we think about how sucky 2020 was we just are able to toss all the problems that we had in 2020 aside and just be like well the Blue Jackets they stunk that's why 2020 and early parts of 2021 were trash because the Blue Jackets stunk and oh yeah there was a global pandemic going on in that time and shortened seasons and we only got to play six different teams and barely anybody got to go to games yeah I hope that that's the reason why we look. It is a good time for a rebuild because guess what? Governor Mike DeWine he's saying full stadiums, full stadiums next year, 2022. By the time 2022 rolls around, that Schweid is going to be so packed. And let's just let's just get back to fighting for a playoff spot again. I'm really looking forward to that because it seemed like the Jackets like very early on, especially like after the Pierre Luc Dubois trade, it was just kind of like. I don't know if this team can really do it like they've been quite the revolving door, but they just they did just let go of like their their top center their heart and soul of the team because purely Dubois. I mean that was a gut punch losing him him not coming into this season and playing with the same mentality that he had in the past that absolutely was a huge cornerstone in the team that Torts had built over the past few years. And there's absolutely no doubt in my mind that that is a huge part of the reason why we were not able to make the playoffs this year. And that's just a fact. Take it or leave it. The center ice position is the most important position in hockey. And Pierre-Luc Dubois is a good centerman. He is good. And, yes, you got the guy in return, Jack Roslovic, who I'm excited about. And he, I think, can actually perform offensively at a higher level then Pierre-Luc Dubois, I just think he needs to I think he I think he's just maybe not used to being a top-line center role I think I think 96 though. I think he can be the guy. I think he can be The top center for our team. He's I mean, he's good enough. He finished like top three in points this year for the team but um, Yeah, let's just let's just really let's move on to some of this negative stuff here with some of the players so again today exit interviews for the season and I'm not gonna lie this is when the, the podcast might just go back to a dark turn because you know that's just how it always is with the jackets when talking about futures of certain players that you love and you know even when we were had a lot of free agents on the table there are always guys that you could count on like Seth Jones or Zach Wierenski, like those guys are going to be there well, Seth Jones on upcoming contract talks, he, he's he got this year with us. So this next upcoming season, he will be with us. But in summer of 2022, he's going to be a free agent. And this was his comment on it. It's a situation where you only get it once in your lifetime. Yeah, there's a lot of pressure and people are looking at you from all over. But I really have to take a step back and think about what I want. See ya. I mean, that was just... That's an absolute see quote right like <laughs> I I I mean Here's the thing Blue Jackets fans we do overreact to things and it is kind of annoying that at every step The journalists are just constantly asking if they like Columbus or not It's kind of like we're that we're that girlfriend the players are the boyfriend They're like do you like me still 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 like It's just annoying like I get how maybe from a player's perspective that's just very annoying, but I I wouldn't said so that means Seth Jones like seriously considering being done here and granted obviously like Of course he's, he's gonna be free agent. That is a, he is right It is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity and he should take a step back and not think about what other people want and think about what he wants It's, it's very true. It's his life and we knew that he grew up a Colorado Avalanche fan and You you just you just know that he's not a Columbus native. He's lived in Dallas He's been around the world man, and and I appreciate him for signing a deal here and and just getting traded here and wanting to stay here That's awesome, man but like you you wanted to maybe think of him as like a guy like like Nick Foligno and Cam Atkinson kind of guy like he just he, he, he found Columbus as his home that's that's where like when he thinks about his life and he even thinks about his future, he thinks of, like, Columbus, Ohio. And, you know, he likes to play golf at our nice golf courses around here and, you know, eat candados and <laughs> stuff. But it's just tough to read that. I obviously, like, I don't I don't really know what else he could have said. I just – that's a tough read because it's just like, boom, right back to listening to, like, what Artemi Panarin was basically saying, except this time it's in plain English. Crystal clear that he's gonna take a step back and think about what he wants. Hopefully by that point Yarmo's just got a butt ton of money that he can just unleash on them Hopefully Seth Jones is just motivated by the dollar bill because that would be really nice Zach Rowensky was off was asked about his future with the jackets and he said He had a meeting today with Yarmo to discuss such things and that I just had surgery. I'm going on vacation tomorrow Those are things I'm thinking about lately Okay, I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, so see, ya, basically, I mean, either way, like, he's either not going to be a blue jacket when his time, when he becomes a free agent, or he's just going on vacation, I mean, I I kind of get that, I would, I could use a vacation now too, now that I'm saying these things out loud, I, I, I'm with him, man, I, I don't really want to think about that either, I got vacation on my mind too, I'm still like, I'm still like two months out, but I got it on my mind too, dude, and well learned, I mean, I don't know, maybe he got hurt, which kind of sucks. He, but it wasn't all doom and gloom because, you know, a new fan favorite, I don't know, because of his hair, because of his uh, just gritty look, or because of a slap shot. Either way, people are obsessed with Patrick Laine for a good reason. I mean, he's he's kind of a rock star, but he underperformed this year, and he had some thoughts on that and I'll share those with you, but when he was asked about his experience in Columbus so far, he said, I have enjoyed every minute I've been here. It was great to see fans in the stands. I love it here, and I want to stay here for sure. Maybe he doesn't know (laughs) how heavy of words those are, but, like, buddy, that means you just, like, signed yourself up for, like, a lifetime contract with Columbus Blue Jackets fans with that. And actually, Bar Down, a very popular Twitter account and like blog website, they tweeted out that quote and says, Patrick Glynn made it clear that he wants to stay in Columbus. Thoughts? And I just love to go to the comments, see what people think about that. From, you know, the Bar Down is a website that reaches all across the hockey world. And somebody said, well, to be fair, every other NHL city is an upgrade from Winnipeg. <laughs> and then, you know, I mean, Huge Winnipeg guy comments back in what world is Columbus, Ohio superior to Winnipeg and I'm not even a fan of Winnipeg Oh, he's not even a fan of Winnipeg. He just wants to know and then this guy Said as a Manitoban There is not a chance in hell. It's a better place than Columbus Which is also a decent drive to Cleveland and Cincinnati Winnipeg is close to nothing and it's garbage Love that quote. I <laughs> love that quote from that guy. Uh, his name on Twitter is just name cannot be blank. So a complete savage move by Mr. Name cannot be blank. Patrick Laine talking about, you know, his thoughts on how he can maybe produce more with a new coach. We don't know who that is yet. He says, it's not the system's fault. It's just my fault. I don't think it matters who is behind the bench. I still have to go out there. And do what I do. And I couldn't do that this year. I'll do that next year. I think he is, you know, kind of a guy that underperformed a little bit in terms of we thought we were getting an absolute superstar. I don't think he surprised me in, in how necessarily underwhelming he is, only because he kind of was underwhelming in Winnipeg at times. Um, You know back in 2018 2019 he only had 50 points in 82 games like it's not like he's like putting up Austin Matthews numbers on the reg. You know what I mean? He had t- 21 points in 45 games played this year for the jackets and you know, that's not even like That's not top of the list. It's somewhere like in the upper half, but He's gonna he's got he's shown it he's shown what he can do and when he's at his best, and I think he's still so young, twenty three, I think is what I saw earlier. He, yeah, twenty three years old. And, and, you know, he's a young guy, and he, I like I like the attitude. Like, I'll figure it out. Don't worry. Like, it's not it's not the system's fault. It's 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 my fault. Speaking of some players that did perform very well, um, Oliver Bjorkstrand. I saw this little nugget. From Jeff Shaboda today. He he dug up this stat. And again, I don't know who the coach is gonna be, but I know that Oliver Bjorkstrand is already probably my favorite to win the scoring title for the Jackets again because he's now done it in back to back seasons. Uh this is from Jeff Shaboda. He grabbed this stat five five and one. 3.3 goals against average. Oh no, that's just Jeff Shabota's beer league, beer league goalie stats. It's a good, it's a good session right there, Jeff. It's, it's above, that's above 500. 3.3 goals against average. That's that's the level you need to play at. No, but this is actually the stat he grabbed. He said, so far in 20 seasons of action, 10 different players have led the Blue Jackets in goals. Um, four players have done it multiple times, but only two have done it in consecutive seasons. Rick Nash apparently did it in like five seasons in a row, but Oliver Bjorkstrand has now done it in back-to-back years. So he's continuing to get it done. And, you know, Jeff writes that anytime your name is mentioned in the same breath as Nash's, you're doing something right. he absolutely is doing something right. And he looked like an absolute Like, he is Papa now for this team. He is Papa. He is the shepherd that guides us, that guides us. We're all sheep. Everybody, even the players, even the coach, the new coach, we're all sheep. And Oliver Bjorkstrand is the shepherd just guiding us through the valley, just quietly, silently asking for no credit, just taking us where we want to go. If we're not going to go to the playoffs – it's because Oliver Bjorkstrand's not taking us there. That's a simple fact. If we, if 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 Oliver Bjorkstrand wants to take us all the way to the Stanley Cup and win it, he's going to take us all the way to the Stanley Cup and win it. Put our entire franchise on Oliver Bjorkstrand. Absolutely, he's the guy. Is he underwhelming at times? Absolutely, he's a blue jacket. I mean, you can't you can't spell blue jacket without saying the word underwhelming. You just it can't happen. Um. But talking about some more players here, Elvis Elvis was asked about the situation with the Columbus Blue Jackets and, you know, his future and what basically he's hearing from the goalie room. This is a pretty interesting quote here. And it, it was interesting also last year, but it's interesting this year too. About the goaltending situation he's in with Corpasalo. He said, nobody is stupid here. We understand that there are two number one goalies on the team, and I don't think we're both going to stay. But you never know. <laughs> like I love that he drops that at the end. But you never know. I'd like to I didn't listen to it, but I like to think he had a nice pause and looked directly in the eyes of all of the journalists and was just like, But you never know. <laughs> Which is true. I mean, we thought that last year. I think it would be a strategic move to maybe try to to, to trade Elvis Merz Lincolns or Jonas Corposalo for the sake of this team. I mean, Yarmo, Yarmo's going to make some moves. And I think in order to make a big move and bring in, hopefully, like a, a, a top two, a top-line top centerman, top six centerman, or another... You know superior winger in order to do that. I think you're gonna have to move one of these goalies I think that's just a fact and there's gonna be teams out there. that are gonna be digging for goalies It's it's the situation every year. The goalie market is always hot. So And you got that chance to and I think the Blue Jackets might take that and I'm really looking forward to see Who they get back in return but if we have two goalies, you never know as As Elvis says you never know we might just have two number ones again Gosh dang it. We're not foreign to that. That's for sure. But, yeah, and now we're getting into the Stanley Cup playoffs. If you guys want to know who I'm rooting for, um, there's still some regular season games tonight. I actually took Boston and the Panthers were the two teams I bet on. Looks like at the end of the second period, Boston's tied with the Islanders, and the Panthers are up 2-0 over the Lightning. I absolutely love to see that, so that's good. I I, I don't know if anybody... I don't know if I was necessarily surprised by the way anything shook out. I mean, Carolina, Florida, and Tampa Bay is the top three. And then the Predators, I guess, the fourth spot. Dallas, very underwhelming. But they've been underwhelming before. I think they may have just gotten hot in the bubble last year. That's why they got to the Stanley Cup final. And, you know, I, think th- I thought the Blue Jackets were going to be in that spot that the Predators had. I really did. So, I mean, I guess... Good for the Predators. I don't think they... I mean, there's a 13-point gap between the Lightning and the Predators. And then there's a 5-point gap between the Lightning and the Hurricanes. So that is clearly... There are three teams in this division that have a chance at winning the Stanley Cup. And I'm going to be interested to see who it is. We know Lightning are going to give back Stamkos and Kucherov, so that should be fun for them. But, man, that's a t- that's a tight that's a tight race, man. When we get to the playoffs, that is going to be fun to see how those teams... Turn out, I'm gonna be very for very much looking forward to watching those games, and then the East Division. I mean, Capitals, Bruins, Bruins, Islanders. Not surprised that those teams are playoff teams. Um, I I'm surprised that the Flyers aren't a playoff team, but not if you're gonna sub in the Penguins for that spot. But I will be say I was shocked to see the Penguins ended up coming out and winning that division. I mean, the pain Peng- and they, they, it's not settled yet. The Capitals still play one more game. It looks like they can only tie them in points. Penguins are going to win the row. So regulation overtime wins, I think. And I don't know. Google doesn't really show that, but um, good for the penguins, man. I mean, you hate that they're back They're ba- but they're so back and it's whatever. I mean, it's just at this point, I'm numb to them. I'm just so numb to them. And Pe- penguins fans have been the, 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 the very last thing on my mind lately. So I'm just, I'm not really sweating over them. West division. Uh, I got money on the Colorado avalanche. I bet on the Colorado avalanche at the beginning of the season to win the Stanley cup. So that is who I'll be rooting for. Uh, Vegas, obviously a very good team. I hope to see an avalanche Vegas series, but the wild and blues, you got to take those teams seriously. The blues are heating up at the right time. And then the wild have Kirill Kaprizov and, He's going to win your Calder this year, has a chance to be a major superstar in this league. Good for Minnesota, man. You got your superstar in the draft, in this past draft too. So he turned around very quickly and got that franchise going very, very impressive at what that young man has done. And that's what happens when you draft out of out of Russia with guys that have KHL experience because the KHL is is the minor league to the NHL. It's not the AHL. The KHL is where all this is where a lot of talent is right now. So, you know, Yarmo's going to be scouting there hard Um, And he has Igor coming over. That's gonna be cool. I hope he's something But and then the North Division, you know, people were asking me Hayden. You should have bet on Toronto Maple Leafs to win the Stanley Cup. I'm like buddy You are just so blinded by the fact that the Maple Leafs have been going against six Canadian teams all year that are absolute trash What do you think is gonna happen? When Toronto like goes up against like Vegas in the second round. You think Toronto's still gonna be good? Well, what happens when they if they get past Vegas and then they gotta play um I don't know how the bracket's gonna even work out. When they gotta play like Carolina in in the finals or the whatever finals. You think you think you think the Maple Leafs are gonna beat Carolina? You think they're gonna beat Boston again? No. No, buddy, you're so you're so you're so silly. You're so silly for getting they got you. They got you. They they played good in the regular season again and they got you. That's tough. It's like for 1 second you actually expected something out of them. I hate to see that, buddy. I I I really do. I hate to see that. Um, you know what else I hate to see and I got to talk about it before you get out? That crew logo. Tough. That's tough, man. I mean, <laughs> Crew fans on top of the world. Like, God's testing your guys' patience. And you know what? You guys are fighting back strong because that logo is not a good looking logo. It's not a good looking logo. You hate to see that they're dropping the official name, the official crew out of their name. That's tough. That is a tough spot to be in. Yes, you're getting a new stadium. I'm not gonna lie, though. Sitting across from Dom T. Berry. And he was like, it makes sense. I mean, you can't have 4,000 fans as your only fans and sell tickets. Like, you need to grow. And I guess if that's changing the logo to what it is now, that's... Changing the logo to what to what they're changing it to, like I I don't know. I mean, I got a major in sport management, but I didn't really pay attention in class. Like sometimes that works, I guess. A total rebrand change, but I don't know if that's the answer. I mean, they basically just put like the Cleveland Indian C in the middle of a pennant, and I don't know, it's just it's kind of like I don't know. It's I think the best comparison is people saying that it looks like an esports team logo. I th- I th- you nailed it. It looks like an esports team logo, and it's got That little triangle in the corner, that doesn't really make sense. But think about it this way. Here's a good spin zone, though. That triangle is in honor of that little extra tail that's coming off of the MLS logo. So that's why that's there. It's to uh, give homage to that because that's the only thing interesting about the logo is the shape of it. And that little triangle, that little white Dorito, white cheddar Dorito that nobody knows is there. Anyway, it's been a fun episode, guys. I am looking forward to giving you guys a ton of credit because, or a ton of content, right? rather. I'm giving you guys no credit. Well, actually giving you guys all the credit. Good job. Thank you guys all for listening to us and sticking through us for when times have been tough and we haven't been posting a lot. But, hey, we're here. Guess what? And I was going to say this, I teased this in the tweet, life update. I, at the start of the pandemic, was, I, I you know, was furloughed by the fan. They did not need me. So I was kind of out of a job and I, I wasn't working at the restaurant anymore. I, I was splitting hours between the fan and Jimmy V's. And, you know, obviously people weren't going out to eat at the start of the pandemic. So I was looking for a job. I was out of job at the start last year, and I wasn't getting, I didn't, I my brain, I didn't get in line in time enough to get unemployment checks, which was tough. You know, that website crashed on me twice when I got on, and my friend uh, from my hockey team, um, captain of my beer league team, Dwight Koff, I'm going to say his name, he offered me a job as a battery technician. I worked 40 hours a week, sometimes 50 hours a week, for that job for the last year it was a great job Dwight has been an absolute great boss to me and he's paid me more money than any other job in my life and for that and I you know it was tough work we moved around 80 90 pound batteries on a regular basis sometimes we'd move up batteries we and i am still worked there for the next month but we we're, were about to move batteries that are 400 pounds like it was hard work man And I made some good friends along the way at that job some two of my best buds in my life right now I met through that job one guy on my hockey team that I'm really good friends with now because of that job And I just I'm taking a lot of life experience with me, but I have decided That when I get married this summer, I'm gonna quit that job. I told my boss already that on this day I am done and after my wedding I'm gonna be fully dedicated to working at the fan uh, the stimulus check came in, so I am, am I have some reserves that I can lean back on, and my fiance, soon to be wife, has worked hard and saved up money as well, and has wanted to support my dream to hopefully one day be a radio show host. I mean, that's the goal here. I I'm so far away from that. Like I'm in the I'm in like I'm basically in the ECHL right now. <laughs> basically, like that's how low I am. But I mean, that's the dream one day, and you got to put in the grind hours here. And with the way that things are at the fan here, it's just I I can't do it full time right now. So I I got to do things outside, and I got to do this podcast, and I got to grind. And guess what? I love doing this podcast, and I just wasn't getting the time because in the middle of the pandemic, when I was already working forty hours a week at the battery place. All of a sudden, I just got, like, hired back at the fan, and they needed people on night shifts, and Tegna changed their COVID policy and was letting me back in the building. So I was back to working at the fan 20, 30 hours a week on top of 40 hours a week. A lot of weeks, sometimes, like, in the fall and winter, I was working 70-hour weeks. It was nuts, man, and, you know, it was great because, like, I'm actually good at working two jobs. I didn't mind it. You know, a lot of people have worked two jobs. That's not, like, anything different. I just, I didn't mind it. I can keep doing it because I grew up like that. Like I, when I was in high school, I played two sports or I played three sports in high school. And so I basically had two jobs. Anybody that played a sport in high school knows what it's like to have two jobs because you got to go to school for eight hours a day. And then you gotta go practice for three to four hours. Like that's just what it is. And you get home when the sun's down and it's tough, but that's the grind right there. And hopefully that part of my life is behind me and i can just focus on doing what i need to do here at this job but i just i never really know and i'm just one guy that's just trying to trying to watch some hockey man trying to let my passion for the blue jackets drive my career and i'd be very fortunate to say so but i've talked long enough i got a good episode in and yeah, I'm I'm just I'm really looking forward to the future even though I I it sucks that it's a rebuild, but hey, uh, so many of you guys have made, I became fr- became friends with so many of our listeners over the past year or two that I've, you know, gotten the chance to meet at our bar and stuff because of the, you know, jackets being back and in letting fans back. It's been great, and I'm really looking forward to the stadium being full again, bars being full. A lot of things to look up for. It. So, to that it was a good season we can put it behind us let's have a fun summer and yeah let's just get after it and everybody just make sure that you like and subscribe us on itunes i'd like to see some more reviews in there and uh tell your dog about us
0: driving in a pontiac just about to lose my mind i was going to arizona maybe on to california where the people sit my watch back to